If you have done any kind of guest post outreach or white hat link building, you've probably come across this answer a million times. Yes, we do accept guest posts, but you need to pay a $50 admin fee for us to process your request and post a guest post on our site. So yes, despite Google telling you not to buy links, paid links are a reality in the market and they're everywhere. So in today's episode, we're asking the question, should you pay for links? Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today we're going to just go right in the topic and we are going to be talking about paid links because it's actually a topic that we should probably have talked about a little bit earlier. We're like 250 podcasts in and we haven't even addressed that or we can't mention it in podcasts, but not on its own. And I think it's something that's very important if you're doing SEO, but what's even more important if you're doing SEO is to know how Mark is going. So how is it going, Mark? Oh, it's going good, <laughs> thanks. Just wanted to show off my fancy new Ahrefs uh, coffee mug. So uh, yeah, <laughs> the swag collection continues to grow. Yeah, it's like people are spending millions on swag to us, to us now and send you stuff every day. Uh, how many packages do you get now? Do you get more packages? Like, do you get people? No, no. no. Like, uh, unless just like, yeah. blow us out of the proportion. That one person <laughs> contacted me last week, but and since then, nothing. So How disappointing. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm doing well. Thanks. Cool. Let's just jump into the podcast. As I said, I want us to stop rambling. I want to start getting into the topic. And uh, so I think when we start talking about paid links, I think the, it's a good point to start where Google starts, like what they tell you officially and what the webmaster's guideline tell people should do. And even like, you know, a lot of people argue that like link building on its own is quote unquote gray hat and Google is against it, et cetera. So I think let's just go into that and check what Google says about it. Okay, so on the link schemes page on Google, if you just go to Google and search for link schemes, this is basically all the naughty stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And they say, and I quote, the following are examples of link schemes which can negatively impact a site's rankings in search results. And the first one at the very top of the list, buying or selling links that pass page rank. This includes exchanging money for links or posts that contain links. So that is their initial position, uh, that they really don't seem to approve of people buying links. There is, though, a another interesting quote from John Mueller, who's the head of the web spam team, I believe, at Google. And he's the, basically the face of uh, of Google when it comes to saying what's okay and what's not okay from link building SEO type perspective. So he said, I picked this up, I think it was on Search Engine Journal, and I found the quote, but he said, this is something that we also see a lot of sites do things that aren't really necessary for their website and for web search. They'll go off and buy a ton of links and then we ignore all those links. So a couple of interesting things going on here. Google clearly doesn't want people buying links. I mean, they go to great efforts to sort of dissuade people from doing that. Why is that though? Like, do, what are your thoughts on that? I just think it's hard for them to tell what is a paid link and what is not. So it's like dissuasion, a dissuasion campaign is a method that they have. At least maybe it was hard historically. Maybe now they're a bit better, etc. It certainly, certainly seems like, okay, so let's say they were able to tell what's paid link and what's not and count them all fine then it wouldn't affect the search. Like they wouldn't need to say, don't do it. They just wouldn't count it. And it, everyone could kind of go about their life as normal. But the only reason that they would say, don't do it is because on some level it works. And we've seen that through other people's sites that we know who we know buy links. And 
it's quite a common practice in online marketing the that, math, that yeah. SEOs will will buy buy links. Yeah, and the vast majority of people do relatively well. Uh, we'll get into some of the finer distinctions about do they work and you know how much they work and how can you tell if they work a little bit later in the show. But I just want to point out this: Google certainly seems to want to dissuade people from doing it. My suspicion is because it like messes up their search algorithm if people do it because it still works to an extent. How much? That's still debatable. I think that's where the radical sponsor comes in. It's like they intend to train algorithms to understand, like essentially paid links, and like some people will tag the links, but maybe enough for them to like try to recognize what makes a paid link page or something. But I suspect it's still not going to be that successful because the kind of people who will put radical sponsored are not the same kind of people who will not put radical sponsored. So it's like still going to be like it's going to create more segments of people more than it's going to help them. So it's like it's a bit of a tricky one. Actually, Cal Roof tested it and found that, I mean, it was like around a year ago now, so things might have changed, but found that radical sponsored links seem to pass page rank anyway. So it's it's quite interesting because if that's the case, then it kind of goes against everything that's in the link scheme page on Google, you know, but like, I believe, I believe it works. Like definitely I've seen it many times. You can go on many SEO Facebook groups and you will see people buying links and services and ranking quite well on Google. I think there's also, there's also a category of people who would just like, essentially there's buying links and buying links, right? It's like, you can buy shit links, like whatever link wheels or shitty PBNs, etc. Or you can buy, you know, high quality guest posts on good sites and not buy too many, but buy good ones, etc. And I think the people who buy links, has been quite overrepresented by people who buy shitty links and just spam their websites. And so it's kind of like the vision we have from these people. But a lot of people, like, I'm pretty sure the site that we sold a year and a half ago, now they buy links when I look at their link graph, for example. And the site's doing quite well overall. They got more traffic than when we sold it, etc. But they do it in a clean way, basically. So I think, yeah, you've got Google is definitely afraid of that. And that's why they're policing it. Another thing I want to add to this is that lately, I haven't seen a lot of people get penalize or lose their rankings for paid links, not as much as I saw, you know, three, four, five years ago. I think that Google kind of like gave up a little bit on trying to catch people individually, but rather tries to catch them through algorithm updates. And so that has done from what I've seen is that overall people who buy links tend to benefit from more stability than they did in the past. I don't think it's as stable as like if you don't buy links and if you're super clean. But I think that if I remember like three to five years ago, people would just like swing like crazy buying links, etc. Nowadays, it's like I see a lot of people doing getting a pretty smooth ride buying links, basically. So I think Google strategy might have changed, actually. I don't think they don't fight it. I think they might have changed the way they try to fight it. I think that rather than penalizing sites just completely, they just discount these yep. links and don't tell you they've discounted them. Yeah, but what it does uh, is so the curve of traffic is just much smoother, you know? Like it's not like crazy swings, etc. Maybe you don't increase as much because they discount more links, but it will feel more linear and just less crazy, basically. Well, John Mueller even said in that quote I had uh, earlier on in the, the show, they'll go off and buy a ton of links and then we'll ignore all those links. So he's basically saying, oh, we just ignore the links now. Yeah, I can see that, which would make sense. And but like they don't catch all of them. Let's say like, you know, I can't tell how much, so don't quote me, but like 50% of links still pass through. Google didn't catch them and they still help people ranking. And that's kind of the way I'm seeing it. Like you're probably wasting a bunch of money when you buy links through maybe popular services, etc. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that the ones that didn't get caught don't work. 
Just to put some of this into perspective as well, when we first started doing SEO back in sort of 2009, 2010, paid links, it wasn't really paid links in the sense, it was, it was like these link networks, yeah. Linkvana and Build My Rank and, and all it this was much automated <laughs> link building. Far, far worse. And yeah, that would allow really terrible sites to shoot up the rankings, no problem. That all sort of died off in around like 2012 sort of time. And then from that point, that's when PBNs and paid links to an extent really started to sort of come come to fruition a lot. We, back then, we had a different business. We had a, an agency. And as part of that agency, we would buy links for clients sometimes. And we would also sell links as a, as a productized service, essentially. So people would come to us and buy guest posts and, and that. And we paid for a lot of these and we didn't really hide it either. I mean, people knew what they were getting. There was some transparency there. So we have quite a bit of experience in doing this in the earlier days. Since we've started Authority Hacker and our other authority sites, we haven't paid for a single link on any of those sites so far. And we'll tell you if we if we change that. We've always said that. But I just think it was interesting. You know, we have this kind of very much anti-buying links perspective at the moment. And I think when we did a survey of the uh, Authority Hacker Pro members, there was within so the majority of them said they do pay for links was it like 82 said they did 48 said they don't ever do it they said they paid for links but they paid for links when they outreach and people request for money versus i'll tell you the result 82 said they pay for links when they outreach which means they don't use any kind of service or anything they just reach out to websites if websites ask for money they pay them there is 48 of them that say they don't ever pay for links there is so it's three of them that say that they pay for link services. So like people who have a guest posting service, whatever. And some of these link services will sell you paid links. And then some will tell you that they're paid links and others won't. That's, uh, so that's you my, know, you're still yeah. getting it at the end of the day, perhaps, whether you're one step removed from the, the decision. That's my beef against the industry, by the way. When like I don't mind people selling paid links as long as the customers know they're getting paid links. I'm just really annoyed at people that pretend they sell guest posts. And then essentially buy links, which again, it depends on your definition, but normally your guest post is not paid or it should be like a promoted post, sponsored post, something like this, which is fine if you know what you're buying. But I hate when people lie to like people who follow us, our readers, etc. And to try to charge more because usually links you don't pay for, you can charge more as a link provider than links you pay for. And so essentially it's a way for them to build up their margins and take your money and sell it with something that you didn't really intend to buy, which leads to surprises for people, you know? I think what's also interesting is there's, there's a number of different ways to classify paid links. So I don't know how my email gets on these, but probably once a week or every every other week, You're I'll lucky. get an email with like a long list, like someone will say like, dear sir, here are places I can get you links, $10 each or something like that. And there's a big list of websites. I've never replied to any of those. I don't really know who these people are doing this. But those types of links and the types of links you get from like a service or a gig on Fiverr, they're still paid links in the same way that outreaching to like a really high domain authority website and them asking you for a fee to post your guest post is a paid link. But they're not the same, really. They're quite different in reality. So we just have to be a little bit careful that when we talk about paid links that we don't group all of them yeah. Into the same category. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like you can, again, like the way most Authority Hacker Pro members do it is they do the classic link building methods, guest posting, skyscraper, et cetera, and they're willing to pay if there is an opportunity for a link they're really eyeing that looks like a good quality link. And 
I think these kind of links, they are indistinguishable from free links, provided the site doesn't get caught in one of these Google things or whatever. It's like, it looks the same. If you get a skyscraper link through paying for it or not paying for it, the only difference is like the PayPal log and probably the email conversation. But I really doubt Google would go ahead and read your emails to catch you buying links. I think in terms of like PR for them, in terms of uh, like privacy and all that stuff, that would be so much more of a cost for the company than catching a few people buying links if you prove that they use your email for that. So I wouldn't panic too much, even if you're using Gmail about this. Wow, I'm having a blank actually, I'm doing like you. <laughs> and yeah, and on the other side, you have people buying like shitty PBNs or like sites that like, you know, people buy expired domains, for example, and like put the default WordPress blog and then just spam articles on it and sell links on that. Like, for example, we tried a bunch of link building services a while ago and sites like services like the hot, for example, were caught doing that kind of stuff. It was low quality links and so on. We're going to make friends again, I know. But yeah, it's not the same level. And I think you can't group people the same way. And that's what I was trying to explain a bit earlier when I said a lot of people who spam their site and buy a lot of shitty links tend to be the typical image we have of people buying links. But there's also really successful people who buy the links you get for free, quote unquote, but they get so much more. Like when we do outreach, when we do skyscraper, right, for any website or guest post or something, like what percentage of people would say, okay, for a link where we don't pay versus how many percentage of people would ask us for money, you would say? Wait, what percentage of people would post the link for free? Like people who don't ask us money versus people who do the link if we paid them some money. So nowadays, there are more people who are asking for, asking for money than will post it for free. That didn't used to be the case like three, four years ago. But I guess over time, as website owners have realized that SEOs and other people value these links, they've realized they can cash in on it. So many of them have. But what I would ratio? say so like at the topper, in some niches, like 99% of them will ask for money. We're not in any of those spaces at the moment. But but in, I'd say in general, like two thirds would ask for money, one third wouldn't of those people who are saying kind of okay. yes or maybe to it. There's some other excuses and stuff as well where people would, you can kind of go in with like a different angle or someone asked for a link exchange. So there's lots of different scenario, potential scenarios here, but asking for money is currently, I would say the number one response that, that we get. So here's my next question then. Like, let's say we want to build 100 links to a page, right? And we're doing skyscraper for it. If we were paying for links, do you think the end price for our link building would become cheaper or more expensive? Because we essentially need to pay for, we need to do three times more outreach, but to get the same amount of free links, provided we find enough targets, right? Yeah, I agree. So the target limitation is probably a bigger issue than the amount we pay. I think we realize the value of, of good links and how much that kind of adds to the success, profitability and value of, of a website. So it's not really like we have a budget to spend on link building. We'll only spend that. Like if we can spend more to make more, like we'll keep doing yeah. that. We'll take that trade every time. So I wouldn't really think of it so much in, in those terms. But unquestionably, if we like turn that switch and said, all right, team, let's start paying for all the links we can. Like we would get a much higher conversion rate from our outreach and we get be able to reach a hundred links in that scenario much, much quicker. But I think that there are some big risks in just kind of like unlocking paid links free like to a team like that. And we saw this back when we had our our um, link building service in like 2012 sort of time, 13 time. And that is that once you allow your staff to just go for paid links, then 
it's kind of like the path of least resistance and they'll just go for that every time. They won't spend that extra effort negotiating and building a relationship and like really like communicating well with people. And this can have a detrimental effect on your ability to acquire links at the very high end from like the top, top sites because most of the DR 80s and 90 type sites they're not accepting paid links because they have much more rigorous kind of editorial teams and standards and stuff. So you can kind of shoot yourself in the foot a little bit by not being able to do that or reducing your capability of of acquiring those types of links. It's what happened with our team, right? We had the guest posting service and we were doing quite large numbers. Like one month, I remember there was a thousand plus or something. And it was difficult for them to cope with it. And they started defaulting to just buying links and buying links from the same places to well, be honest. Well, even worse. Yeah. Because we had like hundreds of different clients or hundreds of different websites coming through that we were serving. If you found a general website like business to community.com, I think it was one of the, maybe that was a free one. I can't remember. Lifehack.org was maybe another one. And you could pay them 10 bucks or whatever it was. And they would post your, your article like basically any, any time. So any website that came through, like one of the first 10 links we'd give it was the business, the community and life hack paid links. And just because it was, it was easy. So what ends up happening in agencies that have a lot of clients is they serve the same links to everyone. The, the first hundred links are, are the same or broadly the same to everyone that comes through the door. And, you know, there are certain reservations that you'd obviously have to have about like quality in the neighborhood effect and, and all that kind of thing with, with that approach. Yeah, it was a dark time. It was difficult to, but I think we learned a lot from that actually. Is it because they're paid that affects that thing or is it all the other normal no, factors? I, I think that paid links is thing? just increasing your success rate. That's the way I'm looking at it. But then you should look at like every other factor you would look at, like, is it relevant? Is the site not spammed? And especially I would be more critical when I pick a link from a paid source because they're probably selling to other people. So looking at who they link to, is there like a, a million casino sites they link to? Do they have traffic from Google com- like compared to the idea? How much traffic do they get? Does it look healthy, etc.? When I pay for links, I would definitely look for that because when you do like free ones and they accept free ones, I mean, I'm sure you can also get crap, to be honest. Like why doesn't the casino site just get the free links as well? But... Yeah, you still need to look at all these metrics, basically, and be quite careful on, on where you're getting your link from. I don't think, I haven't seen like sites tank because of bad links too much in the last few years. Again, I think Google is ignoring them rather than like penalizing you for it. So it's, it's just like you might just be wasting your time more than it's going to cost you your rankings, your existing rankings. Yeah, I think there's also this concept like sites that pay for links, the type of people who are only paying for links are the type of people that take shortcuts in other areas of their marketing or their website. So they're more likely to have shitter content because they don't need to have like A plus level content to acquire links because they'll just throw some money at the problem and, and get links that way. So there's this kind of like vicious cycle effect that when you you start doing it, everything else that you know needs to be amazing doesn't quite need to be so amazing because you can just yeah. pay someone for links. And then that can also negatively affect your like other areas of your website's performance. Yeah, I think the question then for the people, because there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this and they're going to be a bit mad at us because they'll be like, oh, you're defending paid links. It's actually not that bad, etc. I know some people will just not be happy about that. But I think we should go back on their side now and be like, can you compete without buying links? Like, can you go in any industry and compete without buying links? What would you say? Almost any industry, yes. Any industry, no. 
there are some industries that which are just like so heavily like focused around paid links, travel, credit card, finance type, Viagra. insurance, loans. <laughs> I don't know too much about that, but if you say so. I haven't checked actually. <laughs> Not in a while. <laughs> I think a lot of these casino like those types of industries are very sort of like heavily based around it. maybe CBD as well. A lot of sexual stuff as well. well, if you think about it, like a lot of stuff that's related to sexuality and things like that, that like not family friendly, you know? That's an interesting point, actually, because they have an inherent barrier to getting links anyway in like the nature of their content and just people are, are kind of not really cool with that in quite the same way that they are for, you know, paintball or whatever. So then they, they choose this as a, a paid links as a way around that or another another avenue for that to work. So I think an interesting question to ask yourself here, though, is of all the link opportunities that are out there for your site in your niche, what percentage of them are only available to people who pay and what percentage of them are only available to people who don't pay and then like try and figure things out there? But that's a bit of a logical fallacy because the people who are paying for links are also sometimes getting links without paying for them. So as long as there are some paid links in a niche, paid link opportunities in a niche, then the people who are paying for links have a bigger pool of potential links to acquire than someone who's not paying for links. So it's kind of like a little bit of an uneven playing field in that sense. Now, this is somewhat rebalanced by what I said earlier about the types of people who pay for links sometimes get caught in this vicious cycle where they only pay for links and they neglect quality in other areas. And so that stops them being able to get some of the like more difficult to acquire free links. So it's, it's kind of like it's impossible to really answer this question about whether you compete or can compete or not. I think in most cases, even if we were going into like a credit card affiliate website and we want to compete against, you know, Red Ventures and the Points Guide and all the, that, the, their kind of sites. I still think there's scope to compete without paying for links. Uh, I think you just really need a very solid content strategy. You need to spend a lot of time and effort on other areas of your marketing, uh, do some really, really good PR. And then with a few wins there and a bit of luck, you could make it work. But if we're just talking about going in as like a you know faceless stage one thin affiliate site, it's complicated. Very difficult to compete, I would say, in in something like credit card affiliate programs or loan affiliate programs without paid links. Yeah, I think Atari Hacker is an okay example of that as well. It's like we made different content. It's not not always the best, but it's you know different enough that it stood out. And it's like after a few years with DR seventy six with like 3,500 liquid domains. And to be frank, we didn't build most of them. Like most of them just came from the common strategy and putting our personality out there, etc. So it's possible, but you need to really step up your content, do something that the community really likes and talks about, etc. So yeah, Guys like Brian Dean and Ahrefs, like 100% sure neither of them pay for they links. Pay but for links yeah. I would argue though that the online marketing niche is like, you can acquire a lot of links without paying. Like it's a niche that thinks out a lot as well. Like it's not sure. the case for every niche as well. So I would, I, I would level that off a little bit. Like it's good, but you can't really do that in every niche as well. So can you compete without buying links? Yes, you can. Is it going to be hard? Probably in a lot of niches, like if you go in the big ones. So it's really a choice to make, really. I've always looked at this as a kind of risk reward thing where the in certain in most niches, which are not super difficult like this, there are just so many opportunities to get free links that the 
risk of, and I'm not just saying risk of like getting penalized, but the risk of spending a lot of money. And this is really important if you're a beginner or you're just starting out and you like don't really know how to assess whether a site is going to be a good link or a bad link. But the risk of spending a lot of money or wasting a lot of money on services or link building services, which are That's not problem, very good, yeah. is very, very high. So by just having a blank position of not paying for links, you're avoiding all that and you're learning how to do marketing kind of the right way. And you develop a lot of skills and, and competency that way. Versus if you, can you imagine if you just got started, you know, yeah. last week and then someone was like, oh, you just go and buy loads of links. It's like, well, I don't have any money to spend. It's not just that, but like, buy, 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 you know? Yeah, when you start in a new niche, I mean, regardless of how difficult the niche is, there's always some opportunities for free links. And they're like easier. The first ones are easier because you just find the lowest hanging fruits. And okay, it's a bit of work, but like you will acquire something. So I think, you know, you should probably have a rule. Like even if you're considering paying for links, maybe make a rule. Don't pay for the first hundred links, never pay or something like this. Like, so it gets you rolling and then you can actually explore what can be done without paying. So you might end up being more competitive because essentially your cost per link becomes lower because you don't pay for it and you have maybe more money for content and things like that. So yeah, if you're budget conscious and overall, I think in any niche, you should try to like not pay even if you're like pro-paying basically at the beginning i think you will learn a lot and it's going to be uh it's going to be you're going to learn a lot yeah so my question to you is like usually i do the niche research when we pick up a new project or something right so if i come to you and i'm like yeah let's make a credit card site like what would your reaction be do you think like how would you feel would you feel I like mean, literally the first thing i would say is like well we're gonna have to pay for links <laughs> All right, so you would definitely, like, it's possible to do it without paying for links, but you would say, you know what I mean? Because the previous point was like, well, it's possible to go in any niche without paying for links. And I'm like, let's go in credit card. And some people look up to us, they're like, oh, these guys are pretty good, etc. And we're like, well, actually, we would pay for links. So it's like, how does that relate? So I think if we were going to do that, like, it's there's one of two options. It's like, okay, let's get started and let's, like, you know, pay for a bunch of links there and kind of get off the ground, see, like, how things settle. I wouldn't be averse to, like, spending a lot of time developing a really solid strategy to go in there and, you know, maybe even acquire an existing site or have some kind of, like, really solid link building campaign with, like, some really cool content, maybe, like, even PR agency yeah, type yeah. stuff. I wouldn't be averse to doing that, but... There's like a lot of setup and budget that needs to go into something like that, you know, easily six figures. And so it's a bit of a different question as to like, you know, should you just pay for links or not? It's like, how do you want to go into this? Do you want to like dip your feet in and like see how the water is? Or do you just want to like go all in and dive in without knowing how deep, deep it is kind of thing? Yeah. And you can potentially waste quite a lot of money that way, which is just another factor you have to be aware of with this, I guess. The thing is, like, for me, I would definitely not consider spending money in link building, even in such a competitive niche, until we've nailed, like, really good content that stands out. I think it's like, even if you're considering paying for links, you'll need to buy a lot less if your content is amazing. And you'll, st you'll tend to But the to same is true for if you're not building, if you're not paying for links, yeah. if you're just building uh, well, normal links. Well, it's like, you kind of, the thing is, like, if you're going like an, a not so competitive niche, like you can rank with average content and some links. Whereas if you go in finance, everyone's DR85 already. Like it's not like with some links you're going to make any difference if your content is not amazing. So you're just going to stay at the bottom. Even if you have a lot of links, even if you get DR60, you're low DR in finance, you know? And that's kind of the difference. Whereas if you go in the cat niche, 
DR25, you're good to go, you know? <laughs> and so like, and the truth is you can just get DR25 with some guest posting and then some really average content that you can order from any kind of agency or something and rank that site and probably be there for several years. So it's more like if you fail at these competitive niches in terms of content, because you can't just get DR80 overnight unless you buy a domain, you get zero or you get very little and you've already invested a lot. Whereas on less competitive niches, you get some back and to the point where you, you at least probably get your money back, you break even, etc. And so that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. And that's why it's more important for me in more competitive niches to really nail the content, kind of like being the top of the pack in quality of content, even if we're a small site, because then the number of links I need to rank is much lower. And also because the volume of links you need in very competitive industries is much higher than in less competitive industries. The price difference is so massive versus like in the cat niche, you know, your budget for link building, maybe like 15K or something. In finance, you're talking maybe like 500K if you want to start being competitive. And honestly, I might, I'm probably below. I don't, we don't buy links, so I can't really tell. And so like between 15K and 500K, imagine if you just take that money in content and really like make a really great editorial team, etc. You might be able to get the same result for 200K or 300K, provided your content is good, you know? The thing is like, it's and that's another problem here. Like, So it's very easy to just spend money on link building, like spend $100,000 yeah. on link building, right? That's cool quite straightforward to do that. To spend $100,000 on content is very difficult because you need to spend a lot of time in there. It's not just money. Like content's not that expensive when it comes to like producing the level of content you need for something like that. But the thought that you are going to have to put into it or you're going to have to hire some like amazing content manager, editor, person who I don't even know would exist. But the thought that you as the, the business owner are going to have to put into this and the, the training and the like trial and error and, and all that stuff is going to be pretty immense. You can't just really throw money at this problem because it's very difficult to outsource that level of content that you would need for something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think that's the trap, right? People like not sorting out their website and starting to throw money at link building to try to solve the problem. And that's why I like the idea, like the same way I like to do all the planning for my site before I even buy the domain so that I don't buy domains I don't use. I like the idea of actually fixing all the content issues before you even start investing a lot in link building. That prevents you from spending that money very often because you'd rather, there's a good chance you will fail at creating that epic content. Like it's gonna be very difficult you might give up, you, your team falls apart, whatever that happens, especially when you're trying to get to high level. And then if that happens, well, great, because you've only wasted like maybe 20K or 30K on that team and you've never spent in link building and you didn't waste like the 200K you were going to spend for that site in link building. And well, your net profit, I mean, your net deficit is much lower at that point in the project than if you have spent on link building, like, okay, let's figure out content now and then never really figure it out, you know? Yeah, I think there's also this problem that like in the long run, really great content will do well and will perform well. But the issue is at the moment, because there's so many people doing outreach and stuff, the noise around it, it's like, it's hard to get noticed when, you know, every website has 10 messages a day asking for a link. It's hard for your outreach message to stand out because they're not even going to open it and take the time to re read your content because they assume that yours is like kind of like everyone else's. So it's a tough one. Yeah, I like the idea of buying ads for great content now, actually. Like I don't mind spending several hundred bucks promoting a blog post or something. It gives it exposure and it's like it builds a following as well, makes you look legitimate. People like follow you on Instagram when you buy ads and stuff like that. Eventually you can use that to like trade access 
to other people's audiences and eventually translate into links. Like, but like, you don't really know how it happens, but it happens, you know, it's kind of that thing through content promotion. So yeah, it's something that, and by the way, we have a podcast on content promotion, so we're going to put a card here if you want to check it out. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Should we pay for links? Should we buy links for our websites? So I'm not averse to like, I'm not the type of person that takes like a moral perspective on this or something like I'm, I'd like to be pragmatic in this. And certainly we've done this in the past in a previous business um, with somewhat mixed results. We've never done it so far on Authority Hacker or any of our other websites in our current portfolio or you know the ones we sold or whatever. From a risk reward perspective, I would be fine doing it if we go into like some difficult niche like that that you kind of have to to compete. I don't know if I would like actively try and like seek out those opportunities in the past up until now, at least we've tended to avoid them because that might be an issue, but like possibly at some point, but I think I can only say that as someone who's been doing this 10 plus years and really knows the ins and outs of, of how a lot of this works and would be able to prevent any of the like negative side effects from happening and control the quality and, you know, all that kind of thing. So possibly. Yeah, I think for me, it would depend on the project. Like some projects I'd be happy to do it with. Some projects not really like Atari Hacker are never going to happen, for example. Like we would never buy links to this. Again, you said risk reward, right? There's some projects where I'm happy to take more short term risks to make them grow faster. For example, we didn't invest a lot yet in it or whatever, something like this. Then the, the downside is much lower than if you have a site that's older, DR70, something like this. Like then you're, you're risking a lot if you're getting the bad favors of Google. So it's, I'd be almost tempted to say that. For us, like I would probably follow the 100 links rule where I wouldn't pay for the first 100 links. But kind of like that period when you're between DR20 to DR50 or something, that's a strategic period where I'd be like, well, the downside is not that crazy because that site is not so big yet and my investment is not that insane yet, provided the, the content you know ramps up with the links. And the upside can be pretty big if I manage to get DR50-ish much faster, let's say three times faster if we take the ratio that you gave us from the outreach for skyscraper and guest posting. And at the cost of only increasing maybe my total site budget by 20% or something, let's say like the cost of links is an extra 20%. If you count the cost of content, the, count the cost of tools, the cost of stuff, I think that's quite realistic, to be honest. Yeah, I think, but like it would be punctual. It would be, it would also be very drastic. Like I wouldn't hurry. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I would only pick up the links that I'd be like, well, yeah, that could have been a free link. And then I, I would consider that. Because, you know, one thing that I was thinking about when I was preparing this podcast is a few years ago, we took some guest posts on Atari Hacker. It took me a long time to like edit them, to put them together to the point where I was like, why am I not just writing a blog post myself and like letting someone else promote themselves on our site? And I, I understand why people want to get paid <laughs> to do that work, to post content on their site. It's like, it feels like link building is the only form of marketing. I mean, apart from maybe posting on Facebook, on your Facebook page, where you don't have to pay to, where you should not pay and you're not allowed to pay people for essentially some work they're doing. Obviously some people they're posting random guest posts on their sites and they're not reading them, etc. It takes five minutes. But still, like, do you really want your content and your link to be on a site where people don't read the guest post, even if it's a free guest post? Like, it also like questions the quality of that link in the first place, even if you didn't pay for it. Wouldn't you rather pay someone that puts the effort of maintaining their site properly, but you pay them 30 bucks, 40 bucks so that the, the hour they spend, you know, editing your article, formatting it, adding images, whatever there is they do, how they, they feel like it was, they were rewarded for it. So I feel like, in my opinion, it's like, it's a bit of a shit system from Google. <laughs> 
And yeah, so that's uh, that's why for some projects I wouldn't feel ethically wrong for doing this, right? I mean, the, there's no ethics really involved in, yeah, yeah. in this at, at all. It's like it's not illegal. I know, but like some people will more, make it ethical in the debate, and that's why I'm bringing this up. I think that's because it's such a complex issue that. Sometimes we have to come out and say, okay, do this or don't do this and give like a simple answer to people to so they can understand that if perhaps they're new to the industry or whatever. But the decision of to are paid links okay, yes or no, like there's nothing moral whatsoever about that. There's a, is it going to bring you more, more benefit than the, the risk or the financial cost, like the dollar amount that it's going to... In fact, I don't even know if the risk is such a big thing at the moment. I think the more pressing thing is how much are you going to make off of this and how much they're going to cost you? I think Google's trying to bring those two things closer together or reverse them rather than you know, just banning every site that... Uh, yeah, they want to make it expensive for you to rank with paid, paid links rather than try to ban them, basically. So it's like, it wouldn't be worth your money. Let's say they manage to ignore 90% of paid links. But essentially, you're buying, you're buying 10 links to get one that counts. So ranking for even a medium a competition... $1,000 exactly. for one link or something. Exactly, you know? to the point where it's like, probably not worth it economically. I think that's probably the approach they're taking, which is why it's a lot softer. People don't lose their traffic overnight and don't get all their stuff banned, etc. And I think that would explain a lot of that change in the experience from people buying links, where it used to be like, you go up really fast, you go down really fast. And now it's just like, well, they seem to basically behave like white hat sites. They grow, they don't grow as fast, but they also don't fall as fast. So yeah, basically that would be my answer to like, Depending on the project and depending on where the project is at and how much capital we invest in that project at that point, I would consider punctually doing that if the risk-reward ratio is favorable, basically. Do you agree with that? Broadly speaking, yes. I still think there's a lot more nuance to it than than that. I'm just having tr trouble like putting that into words at the moment. <laughs> All right. That sounds like a common theme tonight. Anyway, any final words to say on palings? Because I'm pretty much done here. No. All right. Yeah, I guessed it. Anyway, we asked you a question last week. We have this question of the week. And the question was, did you ever abandon a website? And so we had Regina who said, yeah, I had my first affiliate site, which almost $8,000 per month two years ago, at which point I got contacted by a company to buy. I was interested, so I packaged it, the reports, etc. but the offer felt low at 20x. So I knew there was gross potential, but I decided not to sell. And then eventually her site essentially fell off and now she's, you know, she kind of like abandoned it. She started to work a bit on it again though. So hopefully she's going to do better. And this week's question of the week is going to be, do you pay for links? And if so, what kind of paid links do you do? Do you pay for links when people are, when you're outreaching to people and they ask you for money? Or do you pay service providers? I'm quite curious to know what percentage of our audience pays for links and what percentage is absolutely anti-paying for links. As you can see from Mark and I, we're kind of like a little bit in between these days. We're not doing it, by the way. And today we do it, we will announce it publicly. So this was not admitting that we're doing it at this point. It hasn't been the case for many years since we closed, the, we sold the agency. So that's basically it, guys. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you want to answer the, this question, by the way, go to our YouTube channel and find this podcast there and, and post it in the YouTube comments. That's a good precision. Anyway, on YouTube, you can also subscribe. You can like the video and you can click on the notification bell to not miss the next podcast and videos. You can also subscribe on the audio platform to get the audio version of this podcast. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, podcast pretty much anywhere you get your podcast we are here thank you for being with us and we'll see you next week for another episode